Welcome to the first episode of Crime and Drive. I hope everybody had a good day today. Mine was normal. And as always, let's talk about some crime while I drive here. So I was watching Netflix about a few weeks ago and I was watching the Unsolved Mysteries, the series that they have on there. And I believe it's episode two that they talk about the Jennifer Fairgate case. And I had heard about this case like uh, a few years ago, I want to say. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's crazy, okay? And that's exactly why I'm stumbling on my words. Because it's insane how this case has been going on for... Well, it's closed now, but it was, it's been like over 20 years now since her death happened. Okay, so let's get to it. Jennifer Fairgate was a woman in Norway who was found in her hotel room shot in the head. Now, at first, everyone thought it was a suicide because she had the gun on her she was alone in the hotel room until they actually started looking into who she was and like the more details of the case so as I said she was found in her hotel room lying on the bed she was fully clothed um they said she was wearing like all black like stockings and like a blouse or dress and then some high heel shoes it's as if she, it kind of looked like she was like about to go out right but on her chest she was holding a nine millimeter pistol now I'm not too familiar with guns or anything like that I don't know anything about them but according to investigators the this particular gun the nine millimeter pistol did have like a really harsh recoil so one of the first things that I thought was odd was that if this gun had a harsh recoil, right? And she shot herself in the center of her forehead. How was the gun still in her hand just resting on her chest? Like her hand was just resting on her chest holding the gun. Now, the position of the gun, they said, was also odd because her her thumb was on the trigger so it was as if she was holding as if like she put the gun to her forehead and pulled the trigger with her thumb so even that's an awkward position to hold a gun especially for like you know a small woman I think she said they said like she was like under 5'7 um weighing under like 140 pounds so she was a pretty small woman to hold that gun in that position to her forehead and then it still be resting in her hand normally after she pulled the trigger not only that there was no blood splatter or blood trace or gun residue on her hands on either of her hands her hands were clean so I don't know about you but when I think that somebody's shooting a gun they're gonna have some type of residue on their hand right like some type of anything to give a clue that they were actually that they actually pulled the trigger let alone if you're shooting yourself in the head or if a person's going to shoot themselves in the head I'm sure blood splatter is going to get on their hands right blood splatter is going to get on their hands um and then 
also in her luggage they found like a bunch of bullets like girl was like was it only takes one bullet to shoot yourself in the head like why did she have like 25 rounds in her bag you know and on top of that she was like her name it was not her name the name that she gave to the hotel was Jennifer Fairgate, right? Okay, so let's go to the beginning, right? She clocks in into the Oslo Hotel, really fancy five-star hotel, right? And she, she, when she checks in, she checks in under the name of Jennifer Fairgate, right? She gives an address. She gives a business that she worked for. She gives a phone number, everything that you need to give, right? The only thing she didn't give the checkout people, the registration people, was a credit card or any type of payment for the room. So, three days later, I think they said three days later, they send somebody up there to her room to check on her because she didn't give any type of payment information to pay for the room. Now, this is a really fancy hotel. Of course, they want payment, right? They, they want to get paid. So, they send someone up there. The guy said that he, like, knocked on the door and instantly heard a gunshot. So imagine, you're walking up there, you knock, and then all of a sudden, boom, you hear a gunshot. Now, he says that he went to, like, the offside, like, a little ways away from the door, and he didn't see anybody come out, he didn't see anybody go in, so he went downstairs to let them know, to let security know, and to call the cops, right? So that was by the time that the cops that, that he went downstairs and the security went up to check the room um 15 minutes had passed that the, the the door to her room was unsupervised so anyone could have went in or could have went out at all you know and then I think like 45, 50 minutes later, that's when the police get there. And the police go in there. That's when they find her body just laying on the bed, gunshot to the wound, gun on chest in hand, awkwardly positioned in hand, because that's the weirdest part to me. And then, so they're looking into it, right? Of course, like they're like, whoa, this lady just like, you know, committed, like committed suicide. Like what the hell? So they're looking into it and that's when they realize that the name that she gave was fake. The address that she gave was fake. The address didn't even exist. The town did. I think that they said that it was Verlaine, Berlin that she was from, right? So investigators went there looking for that address. Doesn't exist. Non-existent. They ask the people around there. They show like a picture of her and stuff, right? And nobody in that town now I think that the town at the time that this had that the I'll say quote-unquote suicide happened there was less than 5,000 people living in that town that's a small town like everybody knows everybody and then the mayor of the town at the time he grew up there he was born there he was raised there he grew up there he built his house next to his parents house that that guy was not leaving he did not leave that town so you know that if he's the mayor of a town of less than 5,000 people he knows everybody he didn't recognize her at all so she didn't live there but the street was right the phone number was uh, uh right to the place that she had said but nobody knew her. So it's like she knew about that town, but nobody in that town knew about her. So they were like, who is this lady? So when they 
checked all her bags and all her garments and everything, they realized a couple of a couple of odd things other than the fact that she just shot herself in the head, right? Or what they think they she shot herself in the head. And they realized that she had no pants. It was all all of her clothing were tops and like stockings. Like she had like stockings, she had a blouse, a sweater, a trench coat, and she had a pair of high heels. And then one of the girl, two, uh, not one, I think it was like two of the girls that worked at the hotel had stated that a pair of shoes that they noticed that she had had in her room prior to them being in there recently, right? They had cleaned her room before. They realized that a pair of her shoes that they had saw before wasn't there. And then also, one of her bags that she had had before wasn't there. Now, she had no identification. She had no ID. She had no type of card or paper that said who she was. So the only name that they had was Jennifer Fairgate, which is what she gave to the front desk when she clocked in. Now, a lot of people think that there was this man that had checked in with her. Now, one person said that they did see a guy go into the room. And, but uh, when she was checking in, they didn't see anybody. And his name, they think, was Louis Fairgate because she had also checked in a guy by the name of Louis Fairgate. So the hotel room was deemed for Jennifer Fairgate and Louis Fairgate or Louise Fairgate. But he was never found. He was never identified. I think only one person in the entire hotel had saw that, had said that they saw him at all. And so, yeah, that's odd. Another thing is there was this guy that was that had rented the room like across from her or a little ways down from her, basically in the same area as her, right? And he went just by Mr. F. Now, when he was questioned by police, he had said that the hotel had told him that a lady was found dead in her hotel room. But the police were like, bro, like, I think you're like kind of messed up because you're telling us that you checked out before she actually, before the day that she died. So there's no way that the hotel people could have told you that somebody had died in the room if you weren't even at the hotel. You know what I'm saying? Like suspect right but he was never looked into or spoken of again or spoken to again he had left the hotel by the time that the police were like wait this dude's statement's kind of like you know suspect so that's odd too so a lot of uh, theories let's talk about theories some people well her cause of death was listed as a suicide because they had no reason no evidence to pinpoint it to a homicide they had no proof that anyone had went in or exited the room other than her except for that one employee saying that she saw a guy go through but she was alone in this town you know as far as everybody knew she was by herself now another guy said another a bunch of people actually think that she worked for intelligence that she was like inside like special intelligence and that this was an intelligence hit job you know what I'm saying like she got crossed and they killed her and then like paid off her family to like disappear and not say anything I just think it's odd because it's like how could this girl this young girl probably like mid-20s go she went into this fancy ass hotel by herself 
and then she's basically murdered and the people who did it or the person who did it did it so well that there was no trace of them coming in the room coming out the room that about sounds like intelligence type stuff you know like spy shit that's what it sounds like to me and then they still don't know who she is like they even excavated her body like 20 years after her death to try to find out who she was and fingerprints didn't pull up anything when she had first died blood samples didn't pull up anything the only thing that they got from dna that was when she died she was about between the age of like 22 and 24 so she was in her mid-20s young young girl and that was it nobody knows anything else nobody knows why she was in that hotel nobody knows if maybe she was just a depressed young girl took her own life but then to me if she did shoot herself in the head with that type of recoil on the nine millimeter pistol the gun wouldn't be still in her hand and there would be blood splatter or some type of trace on her hand holding the gun that she actually pulled the trigger but there wasn't I don't know well this is the first episode anyway so I know I was kind of everywhere give me a break on that and I'll see you guys or you guys will hear me hopefully maybe next week I don't exactly have a schedule yet I'll try to figure that out let me know if there's anything you guys want me to be aware of I'm obsessed with true crime I know that a lot of people are there's probably like thousands of true crime podcasts out there but I just want people to talk to about it there's not a lot of people in my life right now that I can talk to about true crime but I literally watch true crime all the time and then I'll just sit by myself just thinking about it for hours at a time driving myself crazy thinking that I'm some type of investigator and I'm gonna be the one to crack open the case you know but then I have no one to tell if I actually did crack open the case anyway I digress hopefully I'll see you guys or next week let me know if there's anything you guys want me to know about or talk about and uh see you next time on crime and drive